Welcome to Fit Inspired Mama Podcast. This is Nishma Karim, your host. I'm here today because I'm a huge believer of supporting women in their achievements. I record and talk to live, beautiful women who not only support other women, but have a story they want the world to know. We encourage each other with no judgment, comparison, or jealousy. Come and listen in. You will be amazed with how many people out there have maybe the same story as you. See you inside. Thank you so much for being here. I am here today with Dr. Syra. I am excited to have her here. She has been one of my biggest inspiration talking about mental health problems. Dr. S- really quickly, Dr. Syra is very skillful. She helps clients to heal past pain while moving forward with current life goals. She is able to help clients get to the root of their problems and move forward to the life they have dreamed of without years and years of therapy. Dr. Syra specializes in depression, anxiety, family harmony, and stress management. She has a PhD in transpersonal psychology and has delivered two TEDx talks. Thank you for being here, Dr. Syra. Thanks for having me. And let's go for it. So <laughs> I'll tell you a little bit about myself in addition to what Nish said. Nish, Nishma, which they call you? Nishma. Or Nishma. In addition to that, um, my a lot of people find me because they're looking to incorporate their spiritual values and their cultural values into therapy. And so that's what transpersonal is, is the meeting point between psychology and spirituality. So that's what I've trained in. Um, and I'm a mom. So as we all are, right? I'm a mom. I have an 11-year-old boy and an eight-year-old girl. And it's such an adventure. Like I'm just noticing how fast things change and how fast they've grown. And I keep feeling like we just finished potty training. Now we're talking like, it's just, it's too much. It's too much. But I, I feel like as a, as a mother, the timelines are really wonky. Right. Yes. And so anyway, even, even just now, as we're talking, like my kids are outside trying to get me to play with them. Yeah. Right now, like it's actually happening. So, and that's the beauty, right. Of motherhood is you never turn it off. It's a 24 hour, seven day a week. Like it's always there, but then how do you have a life as well how do you have friends how do you have like good health how do you have anything else when you're a mom so I'm hoping we'll be addressing some of that as we go like our mental health and balance right oh I am so so excited that is why we brought you here because we've been wanting to talk to you about mental health as you know we've read 10 of us have written this beautiful motherhood diary book and we wanted to have you here so you're able to talk to us a little bit about mental health problems. So my one of my biggest question is for you is, first of all, I'm so excited that we're talking to a mom. This is the big thing for us, right? Because we're all moms here. And the biggest thing about this book is about moms. So that is my biggest heart. Um, what I do want to ask you, though, in your practices, are you able to tell me the most common mental health diagnosis for mothers? So it, I haven't done research on this, but if I look at my own practice, number one would be depression, mm-hmm. often undiagnosed and often high functioning, right? Mm-hmm. So it looks like everything's fine, but really they're not okay. So depression, number two, I think would be anxiety. 
And number three would be burnout. And if they don't come, like basically burnout is like precursor to often to depression. And I'm not saying those as like a clinical diagnosis, but like the signs and the symptoms of, right? So you might not have a doctor telling you you have depression, but you, I mean, you can't sleep and you're not eating properly and you're really unmotivated and everything makes you like angry or sad, like those kinds of symptoms. Um, yeah, I would say depression, number one, for sure. How does someone know if they have depression though? What are some of the common causes? It's a great question. So I always talk about the five pillars of depression. Mm-hmm. So for people who who know they have depression, this is great. And for people who don't know, this is these are good indicators. So we have sleep, diet, hygiene, social support, and movement. So those are the five. So you look at how's my sleep? Am I sleeping too much, sleeping too little? Am I sleeping through the night? Am I waking up all night? What's happening with my sleep? Now, if you have a teething, you know, 10 month old, then you kind of factor that in, right? With sleep. But yeah. if your children are pretty much okay to sleep through the night, um, cause they're, if that's age appropriate for them, but, but your sleep is disturbed. And it might be like right now, I've got my daughter in the bed with us. She's eight. There's some transitions happening in our family. And so she's had a person passed away. So she's with us in the bed. So my sleep is not as good as it could be, but I know that's, that's why, right? So it's like your sleep is disturbed and you don't know why. Mm -hmm. Diet, you know, donuts make us feel good (laughs) for a minute, but carrots make us feel good for a long time, right? And so when we're stressed, we often want to go for those like rich foods that don't provide the nutrition that our brain needs. And so watching like, are you slipping with the kinds of foods that you're choosing? Maybe you're not eating enough. Maybe you're eating all the time or never. So that's another one. Um, Hygiene. So when I was in my depressive episode, like when I was in the throes of it, and I, cause I have clinical depression, I take medication for it. I had to go to therapy. I do all the things. Um, The thing that was the the hygiene was my indicator. If I started not feeling like a shower, right. Mm -hmm then, then I'm like, uh Oh, something's wrong. And I, I, there was a point where I think I went about like maybe a week or 10 days without, and I didn't care. Right. I didn't, I couldn't motivate myself to do it. I just did not care. And I couldn't smell myself. Oh my gosh. Like I couldn't tell that I was so stinky. I think the the senses are all kind of numb out. Right. So that's hygiene, social support. So often, especially high functioning people who experience mental health challenges, they will not reach out for help. That's right. right. They don't want anyone to know that they're struggling. And so, so when you're, when you're struggling, you might find that you're withdrawing from your social support, right? You're isolating yourself. So that's another sign to look for is, am I moving away from the people who I would usually confide in and reach out to? Am I kind of keeping away from them? That's another sign. And then movement, right? Like if you're just feeling like you don't want to move, you don't want to get out of bed, you don't want to get off the couch, you don't want to, like you're, for me, it was like, I was telling my kids to get stuff for me, things I could have very easily got myself. And so I'm like, hmm, something. So those are the five things to look for, I would say, for people who think maybe I'm depressed. Um, And again, you don't necessarily have to have a clinical diagnosis of depression. If these things are happening, you can just seek help, right? And either you're seeking help from just talking to friends about it, and your friends will tell you, they'll be like, "Uh, you need to see a doctor, or I can be here and listen to you. Like your friends will be able to help you gauge your friends or family or whoever you talk to will help you. Yeah. I remember when I was going through it too, because I never asked for help and I didn't want anyone around me. I just wanted to do everything by myself. And then going to the, to use the shower would be such a hassle for me. So there would be like two or three days of days. I would even go take a shower. I'm like, I'm tired. I'm not going to take a shower today. (laughs) It would be just this little thing of just, my husband will ask me, did you take a shower today? I'm like, nope. 
And, and I'm like, get into bed. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm going to get into bed. I'm going to go sleep. And I just didn't want to take a shower. I don't care how I stunk or okay. how I felt. I would not take a shower. So yes, this, this really does feel like home when you say that to me, like I was there too. I couldn't smell myself. I didn't even know if I stunk or not, or if anyone came over and if I was smelling I had no idea. Yeah. Give me some tips of prevention. Okay. So I'm actually, I'm actually, actually, I don't think I've told you this, Nishma. I'm yeah. launching a course on burnout. So in that course, yeah, just in a couple of weeks. So in there, we, I'm talking a lot about prevention and what to do to kind of, first of all, recover from burnout and then not let it happen again, right? Like mm -hmm. it's called six weeks to prevent burnout for good. Like for good. So prevention, the thing about prevention is that there's got to be rhythms and routines in your life. Yeah. That's the only way. So a morning routine, an evening routine, routines around meals and it doesn't have to be so like rigid but it does have to be consistent so for example trying to wake up the same time every day even if you're waking up at really late a lot later than you should be at least it's the same late right so it's not like 8, 8 a.m one day and then 1 a.m the other day like 1 p.m like you're not moving around you're saying okay every day i'm getting up at 10 o'clock or 12 o'clock or two o'clock whatever you can manage right you're getting up at the same time every day. And then, so what I do with my clients around sleep is say, so, you know, somebody might be waking up at one o'clock or two o'clock, right? Cause they can't sleep all night and they're sleeping. Um, and so then I'll work with them to go, okay, let's, let's go to waking up at 1230. Okay. Now let's go 12 o'clock. Now let's go 1130. And you slowly cause, cause what it is, is we have to shift our brains, right? Mm -hmm. We have to shift our brains and that's a process. It doesn't just happen with a decision. It happens with practice, practice. So making sure we have those rhythms and routines, um, morning routine, evening routine, yes. and those routines, and they're not about other people. Right? Thank you, you know you have your morning and evening routines with your children, right? You got those down, right? Yeah. Book in the bath and like, we know how to do that, but our self routines. And, and one of the things I've been doing in the last six months or so is waking up a little bit earlier so that I can just have some time without them. I love my children, but my God, like, come on. Sometimes you just don't want people to say mama one more time. No, no, I was like, please, please. I love you so much. You just shut up for a minute, right? Like, yeah. So I get that little bit of time in the morning that's just for me and it's quiet and nobody's up. So that, that for me is one of the rhythms and routines. Evening routine, a really, really good one for moms is a gratitude practice. So I have like this tiny little book. It's just really small. And every night before I get into, like I get into bed and then I take out my little book. It's in my side table. And I write down at least one thing I'm grateful for from the day. And that could be, I'm so grateful I was patient with my husband today. Oh my God. That is so important. Right? That could be it, right? Like that could be what it is. And, and so I'm, what I want to see is like, I'm so pissed off. But what I'm going to say, I'm grateful that I was able to find, right? So it's framing those difficult moments with positivity and really seeing like, me cry like oh my god it's yeah. so true like that little grateful being grateful for the things that you have shows you so much and sometimes not even writing it down but just saying it oh like yes how grateful can you be for having the things like even the one that you said like I'm grateful for my husband yes I'm so grateful no, no, for him. I'm not or grateful for him. Kids. let me let me, let me clear that up I love that guy he's awesome <laughs> that day I was grateful for my own patience with him oh yes yes because sometimes right. they try to like the thing is we're all humans and mm -hmm. right now during this time we're all stuck together all the time right yeah. 
And so we see the worst of each other. And so being able to acknowledge that, like, it's a difficult time and I've had to be really patient today. And I, you know, most days you're my Prince Charming, but today was a day where I was practicing patience. (laughs) Yes, I agree with you. I agree with you. Oh my God. So beautiful. I, every little thing that you're saying, it just, and you know, when you say the scheduling too, like the morning rituals and the evening rituals, oh my God. Like, so I've been teaching a lot of um, rock, gravel, sand. Have you heard of that before? So you copy that one? No, so it's it's a schedule that you put together in your day-to-day life and you start with your rock, (laughs) which is like everything that makes you feel good like a meditation, workout, um, you know, prayers or something you start with in the morning to get your energy going. It's a rock. And then you stand in your gravel, have everything to do with like your media, your work, everything around there, cleaning your kitchen and all that, which sometimes you would pop if to, to be able to do the things that you want to do in your daytime, you try to get help there, right? Get some help for someone to clean your house, get some help for, you know, that's your gravel and your sand that you've got to look into. So I teach that part. And then you always end with your rock. So you end with a little meditation or a stretching exercise or something or, or some kind of prayer or something before you head to bed to, to clear your mind to, to, so when you say that, I remember that. So I'm like, Oh, I'm doing something right. Right. And then the other thing I would add to that, the the routines and rituals Mm -hmm. is, um, breathing. Like, I know it sounds really basic, but I want to tell people about how amazing when you learn how to breathe, right. Because what happens with breathing is most of us, when we're highly stressed, we're kind of in these fast beta brain waves. Okay. This is, and then when we're not stressed, we're still in beta but which is fine. But if we want to learn, if we want to grow, we need to be in a different brain state. And most of us are in fight or flight with when we're mothers, like we're always fighting, like we're doing something. Mm -hmm. And so when we breathe, we tell the body, like, there's no tiger here. No, the tiger's only the negative thoughts in my mind, or the tiger's only that something spilled on the floor. It's not a tiger. And so when we breathe like that, it just calms the brain down. It activates the parasympathetic nervous system, which calms us down. And then you can go on. So doing that like once or twice an hour, just taking a moment and three deep breaths Mm -hmm. throughout the day. The other thing I would say from prevention is get outside every day. Such you know, thing. Even if it just means sitting on your balcony, right? Or if it's too cold or it's raining, just staring out the window. Like, no. with <laughs> it's so true. Just right? looking outside makes just makes a big difference in your life. Huge. Because, and I think I have a theory about why that is. Yeah. Here's my theory. It's not scientifically proven, but here's my theory. We've been living outside for generations, right? We've been living close to the earth for generations. It's only recently that we have unnatural lighting. We have, you know, roofs um, that are solid. We're so separated from animals first time. And so we've evolved actually. That's why people love camping. Yes. Because you're outside in nature doing nothing, right? Which Mm -hmm. is how we were designed as human beings, as far as evolution. And so every time you look outside, you remember that, like, that's my home. And also so that's my theory. Also, when we look outside, we remember that what perfection looks like, right? That tree is so perfect. And yet it looks totally different than that other tree, right? And so like, as a mom, like I'm that tree. And yeah, I don't look like that other tree, but I'm perfect as I am, right? I'm enough as I am. So that remind whenever I look outside, I remember like, look, nature's so beautiful. And it's 
flawed. I don't think you call it flawed. So why am I calling myself flawed, right? I just have quirks like we all do. So that's what I would say as far as like the in between the day to remember to breathe and remember to look outside or get outside if you can. That's beautiful. I love it. I love everything you have to say. You just, you touch my heart and I guarantee you're touching so many other mothers heart by just saying that. So beautiful. I love it. Thank you for the tears though. That's what I want to say to you. (laughs) I want you to give us some um, tips on what to do if you are struggling with mental health problems. So the first thing is to admit it to yourself. Mm-hmm. really hard for people who are used to having it all together for people who are used to having a lot of responsibility for people who are high achievers or people who are mothers or you know people who have responsibilities in this world it's hard to say I was actually just speaking to someone the other day and she was saying like it seems like everyone else can do it why can't I do it and I think that's because as mothers we don't talk about how it's hard right? We don't share that. And that's what I love about the book, right? That you're actually talking about the hard stuff, like the real stuff. And so the first thing would be to admit that this is hard and I'm not okay, right? To yourself, to admit it to yourself, and then to admit it to someone close to you, right? And then you'll get that person to help you gauge, okay, is it serious enough that we need to talk to someone else about it? Do we need to get you some support? Or can you just have this sounding board person to help you through? So that would be the first, admit it to yourself, admit it to someone else. Another thing that I find really helpful is to to learn, right? There's so many great, I mean, there's too many great websites about mental illness, but I would actually recommend CMHA, the Canadian Mental Health Association. They've got like pamphlets and they've got like articles. So you can kind of go through and like checklists, you can kind of go through and say, okay, do I? Online, like there's a hundred thousand things that you could find, right? So you want to make sure you're going to credible places that like are rooted in research. So I would suggest CMHA or the Mental Health Commission of Canada is another place um, to just go in and say, okay, like these are my, don't just Google it. <laughs> you're like, can't sleep. Enter. Like, don't do that. Right? That's me. That's me. Go to a, like a credible website. So yeah. I'll say those again. Canadian Mental Health Association yeah. is a great one. Um, Mental Health Commission of Canada is another one. Um, there's the Mood, Diso- Mood Disorders Association of Canada. There's like, there's, so those big agencies that their work is actually about helping people go there because there's the individual therapists or the individual healers or coaches or whatever, and they could have some really good ideas. But I'm saying if you're, if you're wondering, go, go to somebody who's like rooted in the science of it. Right. And who will actually tell you, well, yeah, this is depression rather than like, no, you just need to be more positive. Like you just need to like eat this herb and then you'll like, come on. Like sometimes it's just a brain thing and things are not working and I need a pill. Like sometimes it's just that, right? Mm-hmm. And then the other thing I would say is if you think you need help, reach out to a professional, a mental health professional. So um, if you need to Google it, Google like credible sources, tell someone, um, mental health professional. So there's a couple ways you can do that. The easiest way is talk to your family doctor. So if you're really not okay, just walk into your, if you don't have a family doctor, walk in clinic, just walk in and say, this is what I'm going through. I'm worried about myself. I don't feel good. I'm not my best. And the doctor will offer you a PHQ-9, which is, um, it's basically a checklist. And it's the same all across Canada, maybe not Quebec, but most places. Um, And it's a checklist. And it'll be like, never to always. And there'll be a bunch of questions and you answer them. The doctor will tell you to take it home and fill it out and bring it back. But you can ask the doctor to just fill it out right there. 
so that you don't waste another two weeks. Because if you finally made it to the doctor, like you've probably been waiting a while, fill it out, give it back, and then they will look at it and they'll see like how severe, like do we need to do something right now? Or, you know, can we, can we hold on this? So the doctor will be able to provide you with medication if that's appropriate for you, because it's not appropriate for everyone. Want to make that really clear. Um, and then this mental health professional. So do you want to hear some science? I would love that. <laughs> Clearly, I would love that too. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> the easiest way to think about it is that medication helps with the chemical composition of your brain. Yeah. Therapy helps with the electrical composition of your brain. Makes sense. So medication helps with hormones and therapy works with thoughts, beliefs, and behaviors, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. so a combination of those for some people, some people just need the therapy and that, that's good. And then the changes in thoughts, beliefs, and behaviors actually impact different, a different chemical soup in their brain, right? Mm -hmm. Some people, they need that with medication, but I know people who are just doing meds and I would not recommend that because you, you know, the symptoms are gone, but you're not actually dealing with the stress that's created, you know, this, 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 this equilibrium in the first place. I believe that. So I'm a huge fan of therapy. I think like, personally, I think like everybody could use a therapist because there's always some, it's nice to kind of talk to somebody who knows about a whole field that you have not studied. Like you have not studied your brain. You haven't, unless you're a therapist. Right? or unless you're a neuroscientist or whoever I'm speaking to, but most of us, you don't get that education about like emotion regulation or right. relationship communication skills or like nobody taught us that we just made it up. And so if you can talk to people who actually have expertise to give you some ways of looking at things that maybe you never have before. That's, so, yeah. that's what I would say. I was just, I just wish I had all this information when I was going through what I was going through at the time. Like I didn't have any of that. Like, who do I talk to? Who do I... Right. You know, I was bottling everything inside of me and my husband was just staring at me because he had no idea what was wrong with me either, right? Because they don't know. Even just identifying like one person that you can confide in, just mm -hmm. one person. And then if you don't have anybody in your world, there's distress lines all across Canada. That you can yeah, call, it's amazing right? Every to know. province has a distress line that you can call and be like, this is what's happening. I don't know what's happening. I don't know who to talk to. And they'll actually coach you and guide you to the resources that you'll need. Right. And that can be anonymous. Nobody has to know about it. So, but I would say the more people you tell, like, you'll be surprised how people step up for you if you ask. Yeah. You know, it's, it's wonderful. This world has become amazing that way. And I love that because when I needed the help, I didn't know who to contact or who to look at. Whereas mm -hmm. now there's so much information out there about it. And I just, I'm so grateful for that, for other mothers that are out there. So that's, that's such a beautiful, that's so beautiful to know. There's one last question before I let you go. <laughs> Do you have any self-love or self-care practices that you recommend for mothers? Okay. They're going to be feel very basic. So they might be obvious to you, but I'll tell you the ones that I would recommend. Mm -hmm. One, lotion on your feet every night before you get into I put Vaseline, but yeah, lotion sounds good. <laughs> Some sort of something. And don't just put it on. Give yourself a little foot rub. And don't wait for your partner to do it. Just do it yourself. Because <laughs> you could be waiting a while, right? So that, that's one thing. Like yeah. every, um, or after your shower or some point in the day, right? To just stop and take a minute and touch your feet and just like massage your feet. Because we're like, as moms, we're on our feet all day, many of us, right? Um, and not because we're because we're doing things for other people so foot touching your feet every day in a loving kind way um when it gets I, I would say like the certain times just block 
them. So like shower time, just close the door and tell your kids like, sorry, mama's in the shower. Because here's the thing, my children don't walk in on me when I'm taking a poo, like they know that's private time, right? I've set that boundary. So <laughs> just extend the boundary a little bit and say like shower time is my time. It doesn't always work, but giving yourself some time that's soothing and relaxing that's just for you. Um, what else? Self-care. Um, meditate. I don't know. Some people might see meditation as like a one more thing to do, but for me, it's absolutely self-care, right? Because it, it's just giving me time with my spirit, with my essence. Because I spend time thinking about my body, thinking about my feelings, thinking about my family, thinking, but I don't really spend much time with my like spirit or my soul or my essence or whatever that is. And so that meditation for me provides a space for that. And it reminds me because as moms, life can get so repetitive, right? Yeah. Like days, especially right now where we're all at home for a lot of the time, like it's like the same thing and three meals a day, like always, like it's just nonstop. And so that meditation time reminds me that like, there's more to this life than feeding, clothing and entertaining my children. Like there's more to my life than that. And then um, self, I, I know you said self-care, but we're social mammals. So I would say letting, giving yourself permission to have uninterrupted time with a friend every so often over the phone, like just a phone call. Yeah. Right? Just like, and I started doing this with some of my girlfriends and we actually schedule, <laughs> we have to schedule it like three, three weeks out and like at 8 PM on a Monday or whatever. But you know, it's like for that hour, instead of watching TV, I'm going to spend with my friend over the phone or on zoom or whatever. Right. right. So really, so one other thing I would say, sometimes we think we're doing self-care, but it's not actually nourishing us. Yes. Right. So I'll give you an example. Every 90 minutes or so, the brain needs to stop. Like it, there's this pause button that goes off and you just like, like you might've had that experience you're driving and then you're like, how did I even get here? I don't know. It's because the brain does this pause <laughs> thing, right? It's I feel normal. like I'm going through, and like, I hope I'm not losing my memory. What's going on with me? <laughs> yeah, it's a normal thing. The brain just goes through like a pause and then continue Ooh, it's normal we all go through it right okay. most of us when that's happening we scroll because it's like this automatic behavior we've created now where we're just gonna look at our phone and then you're there and it's like half an hour went by and you're like what's where what's happening right so i would say keep your phone one place in the house and put it on silent for certain hours of your day that is such a good idea. I need to do that because there's days where I just wake up and I'm on my phone. It's like, this is such a bad habit for me. Right. So I actually have my phone in my kitchen, plugged in in my kitchen overnight. So yes. I don't actually get to it until I'm done my whole morning routine. And then I check my phone, right? And at first, doing it. at first I thought like, oh my God, but there's things that have happened in the night. Like what's really happened in the night? Yeah. You're, my husband's with me beside me. If anything happens, I have his phone with me. <laughs> People really need to reach me. They know how to reach me. He's always going to have his phone on him, right? But so, so that so it feels like self care. Like, oh, I'm just taking a break and I'm scrolling social media or whatever. But it's not a nourishing break, right? A more nourishing break would be looking outside at the trees. That's better for you. It's better for your mood. It's better for your brain. Um, watching TV. I love my TV. Don't get me wrong. Like, I have my shows, right? Mm -hmm. But I know sleep is more nourishing for me than staying up that extra hour to watch that show, right? So self-care is actually not watching TV and saying, okay, I'm done and going to bed. That's actually self-care. So really be honest with yourself, like eating that bucket of ice cream, like it might feel good, 
but you know, you're going to feel bad about it later. So it's not really self-care, right? So just being really thoughtful about how am I spending my time and is it actually nourishing me and filling me up or is it just like passing the time like a zombie? Because most, like most of us do that, pass the time like a zombie. And then you feel like what's life about? Well, because you haven't nourished yourself. You haven't filled your, your tank. This is, it's so beautiful to have you here, Syrah. You, uh, Dr. Syrah, you have no idea. I keep saying Syrah. I should say Dr. Syrah. Like, hello. <laughs> I'm, I'm very honored to have you here. All of this information you've given to us has really nurtured my soul. So think about how many people around that are going to be listening to this, that they will also have their soul nurtured with this as well. I am so, so honored. Um, there's one thing I want everyone to know is, is I'm also writing a book as well. And Sire, Dr. Syra is going to be one of my biggest uh, review. She's going to be doing a review on my books. I'm really excited to have her at the back of my page where she'll be, you know, writing a little bit about what she thought it has to do a lot with my postpartum depression. And then now I have her with this book as well, talking to us about mental health. How, how much more can I be grateful for today? If I have to say I'm grateful, I'm grateful for having this time right now talking to you. So thank you for that. My kids are upstairs, probably shouting, probably getting into trouble, but I left them. I'm like, enjoy. Here's the TV remote control. (laughs) (laughs) I like watch your show. And I gave them one of those those ring pops. I like enjoy. I got to go downstairs. I don't know how long it's going to take. Enjoy it for now. When I get back up, I'll figure it out. So today I want to say thank you so much for being here today because you know what, every mom out there needs to listen to this, even though it could be something they've already heard of, it's something that's still there that needs to be heard over and over and over again, because this is not an old story. It's something that needs to be triggered and to know that it's, you need to do it this way to, in order for you to get what you are trying to achieve in your life. So Thank you. Dr. Syra. today, we are here today, and I would ask you, if anyone does want to get a hold of you, or they do want to, you know, talk to you or message you in any way, please, can you let us know how they could do that? Sure. So um, the best way is probably to go to my website, which is drsyra.ca. Um, there's like contact information in there. And then I'm also launching Dragonfly Academy, which is my online learning hub for personal growth and development. So if you want to kind of work with me and kind of like, you know, learn from me, then that's a place that you can get connected. It's all on my website, drsyra.ca. Um, and then, yeah, that. You can either email me through there or go to one of my courses or watch the videos, whatever, whatever works for you. I actually went. The last thing is, um, I always forget this. Uh, I have a channel on YouTube um, called Dragonfly Wellness TV. So Mm -hmm. if you liked what we did today, there's Mm -hmm. lots of that, like hours and hours and hours of that on um, Dragonfly Wellness TV. So you can check that out as well. Oh, that's amazing. Okay. I'm going to have to forward this to you so you can put it on there. I'm so excited. I'm like, yes, I got to talk to Dr. Syra today. Yay. I'm so excited. You know how hard it is for me to get a hold of this lady. You have no idea. I had to go from one hoop to the other. And then I'm just like, universe, this is the last time. If I can get a hold of her, it's meant to be. I don't know what else to do. I'm going to leave it on God. Thank you so much for being here. It's such an honor. And thank you so much for being able to talk to our group and to everyone else that's around here. This is such an honor to us. And if there is anyone else that does want to get a hold of Dr. Syra, I will put that down in their description in the area. So thank you again for being here and thank you for joining us today.
Bye.